0: My name is Thomas Davis. I'm the minister of Carloway Free Church on the Isle of Lewis, way up in the northwest of Scotland. Hi, I'm
1: Andy Longway, minister of London City Presbyterian Church in the heart of our nation's capital. And welcome to the Jesus Today podcast.
0: It's brilliant to have you with us. Uh, again, if you're a new listener, welcome to our podcast. If you've been with us uh, on this journey so far, we're so thankful for your support. We are very excited today, Andy, because we have got a special episode for you.
1: We are indeed. We are standing in a room in St. Columba's Free Church here in the heart of Edinburgh, and we have 11 free church ministers gathered here. And this is a special episode where we're gonna be chatting about all things free church and uh, speaking about one of uh, our heroes, in this episode.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, let's, uh, let's introduce our special guest today. I'm going to whiz round the room. Tell us, what's your name and where would you come from?
2: My name is Neil Lachlan-McDonald, known as Lachie. I'm Minister in Lochbrum and Coigach, also known as Ellipool Al- and Achaldibui. Thank you very
0: much.
3: Welcome, Lachie. I'm Murdo Campbell. I'm the Minister in Parvis.
0: Murdo, great to have you with us. Alan Shearer, Minister of Dunblane, And top scorer in the Premier League history. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm Peter Turnbull, I'm a Newcastle United fan, so I'm standing in the right place. I'm uh, Minister at Elgin Forest and Burghead Free Church in Murray. Brilliant, great to have you with us Peter.
5: I'm Hugh Fedier, Minister of High Free Church Stornoway, capital of the Western
6: Isles. Nice, very nice. I'm Rory Stott, Minister in Fort Rose Free Church on the Black Isle. Welcome Rory.
7: I'm Colin Macleod, and I'm the minister in Gearloch, Kinlochewe, and Torridon Free Church of Scotland. Colin is the oldest and daftest person in this room
8: yeah. <laughs> by a considerable margin. Uh, I'm Benj Wilkes, and I'm the minister of Covenant Church through in East Asia. Excellent. And you and Kilmally and
0: Fantastic. Well, welcome to you all. It's great to have you with us. Um, Andy and I always play our favourite game, which is he's right, I'm wrong. We have to just give our opinion on a big important issue. We're going to work, run round the room. What are we asking this week, Andy? Our favourite restaurant in Edinburgh. So all of us studied here
1: for some period of time, lived here. So we've all got a favourite place we, we like love to eat out. I'll kick off. So my favourite place is just on the grass market. It's called Mussels and Steak. It is incredible. Best place in Edinburgh from you.
0: Okay. Does everyone agree? What does everyone else take? Lucky?
1: Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably, the
2: best place to eat is in Nicholson Square, and it is Kebab Mahal. Well, Kebab Mahal, nice.
3: <laughs> well, uh, this place is a much better steakhouse. It's the Argentinian steakhouse. No. I'm not really sure where it is, <laughs> but I, I know how to get there.
0: <laughs> Excellent, Alan. What do you reckon?
9: Have to give a shout out for the General Assembly Cafe here today
0: true absolutely absolutely it's a good cafe only it's ex- exclusive only open for one week of the year so the street, yeah. get it while you can
4: this will make me sound posh but i did once go to tom kitchens restaurants called the kitchen not while i was a student i have to say but it was very good nice excellent you? a very cultured kfc just off st Andrews square i <laughs> <laughs> can tell you live in stornoway
0: absolutely. there's no kfc in stornoway.
6: Uh, There's a little place just around the corner called Oink. I'm pretty sure it's called Oink. And there are, um, yeah, pulled pork rolls, which are absolutely delicious. Fantastic.
7: Well, I think there's a chippy down in (laughs) Stockbridge. When we stayed in Comley Bank Avenue, there's a chippy along the road, first class. I forget its name. I'll come back to you. It probably closed 30 years ago, Colin. (laughs) Ha, ha,
1: ha.
8: (laughs) Uh, I should have a much better answer, but uh, my actual... Uh, experience says my favourite seems to be Pizza Express because that's where I go the first night of every General Assembly Nice, steady choice I like the Dominion Cinema because you get a meal while you're watching the film
0: oh, That oh, that's is clever like very, very about. clever Well, interesting, we've had, we've had a full range of different opinions I'm going to give my casting vote to one of these because there is one that has been mentioned that is also my favourite place to eat in Edinburgh. it's gotta be Kebab Mahal Bingo! We are here at the General Assembly, uh, which is a really exciting and important week. If you have no idea what the General Assembly is, it's a once a year meeting where about a third of the ministers in the Free Church of Scotland and a corresponding number of elders come together, talk about what's been going on in the past year and to look ahead to the year to come. And so we want to just take the chance to talk a little bit about uh, about what it's like for us as ministers in the Free Church, about your own local context and about some of the things that you're excited about uh, for the year ahead. So we just want to take that chance. Uh, to chat together, Colin. I'm going to start with our senior citizen. So, Gerloch. Gerlach.
7: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's encouraging. I'm encouraging Gerloch to live out intentionally the gospel. So, we come to preach. I come to preach on a Sunday, but the most important part of, I think, of the ministry is to gather to worship, but then scatter to worship. It's a small enough community to make connections with folk there to tell them about Jesus by your lip and by your life. Fantastic. Okay, so from one end of the country to the other, Ben,
0: you're you're south of Glasgow. Tell us about it.
8: Uh, So down in Ayrshire at Covenant Church, uh, we do a whole variety of things, as all churches do, but one of the encouragements to me uh, of the recent uh, months has been uh, realising that too often as churches, we think we need to organise something ourselves. We need to start our own programme, our own meeting, Uh, but the best thing for us has been being involved with what's already happening in the community, getting stuck in to offering uh, a warm welcome in the cold months and that's carried on because people want the fellowship more than the warmth uh, and things like that.
10: One of my dear friends in all the world, Ewan, tell us about Kilmally and Ardermarkin. Okay, well we're excited, we're hoping to have our first minister in training at the end of the summer, so that's something new for us Um, and we we look forward to that. And in Ardermarkin, Harakal, we've just got the building warrant to begin refurbishment of the building there. And we're looking to uh, make that more flexible space and, and use it in different ways in the in the peninsula. Yeah. Fantastic. And my
1: brother from another mother, Rory, <laughs> fellow African.
6: Tell us about ministry in Fort Rose. Fort Rose, uh, yeah, we're really um, encouraged in, in Fort Rose. Um, yeah, we the big thing. Uh, going for us is, is a lovely new building uh, we can it's, it's very flexible uh, the community are using it so we're really excited about the future in Fort Rose people are moving into the Black Isle it's an exciting area so
1: we, yeah we're really excited wonderful and Hugh Ferrier in the capital of Lewis tell us about the ministry in the high Free. absolutely um
5: well, there's a lot to be encouraged by. Uh, I think after the pandemic, just seeing how much people want to be together and now they're trying to do all manner of informal get-togethers, so they're wanting to do walking groups together. We've got a walk or two going up in Harris. So just people just generally, maybe the pandemic has increased their love for one another and their desire to be together. We're also working on a building project right now, which is turning me grey, but also good <laughs> to see uh, the kind of people getting behind that and hopefully moving forward with that.
1: Fantastic.
0: Brilliant. We're going to go straight across the Minch. You get in the ferry at, the, at Stornoway, it takes you in at Ullipoo where Lachie is working away. I'm working away. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well,
2: uh, Thomas. Uh, we are uh, encouraged and long to see more people in the community come to know Jesus. I think in the coming year, we would love to see a deepening fellowship amongst the people of the congregation coming together to really partner one with another for the cause of Christ, both in practical and spiritual ways, uh, prayerfully and practically. Uh, And to see the continued development of the Ecumenical Relations Committee, which is surrounded or uh, built around vintage tractors.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. (laughs) What's your favorite tractor? John Deere 3350. Solid choice yeah. <laughs> What do you reckon Have you got a counter, uh, counter motion
3: Oh uh, Massey 35 Classic
2: oh, well I've got one of them But I don't have a
0: 3350
3: So, <laughs> so is that a plea for one Well uh, I'm an 80s So if anybody's so. out there yeah. I can give Lackey a What is it a John Deere
2: 3350
3: ah,
0: There you go see, so you know the name of it now <laughs> right, that. You need a spare what 80k? Oh, wow. Maybe not quite
2: that. 18,
0: maybe. 18. <laughs> oh well. Anyone listening out there wants to buy a tractor? Email address is hello at JesusTodayPodcast dot com. Alan Shearer,
9: where are you? i Blaine. So we're again, we're very encouraged. Um, it's been so good to have the support of the Kirk session and all of ministers. They're all preaching men, which is very helpful for me. And you know, just to sit under the preaching as well, that's very. You're building a team. It's very good. And we're very encouraged as well by the number of people who have been coming in recently with. I suppose, different cultures, different backgrounds, had no church connection at all, don't know how maybe to behave during one of our normal services. So it's been really good to have that challenge and to see people want to come to know Jesus as
3: well through that. Fantastic. Well, we now have the Bishop of Barvis, Murdo Campbell. <laughs> Tell us about ministering Barvis. Uh, so Bonnie, Barvis is the best place in the world. I'm about 10 miles along the road from Thomas, but I always remind Thomas that Barvis is the pinnacle of the West Side. <laughs> It's down to Carloway and then also down to Ness. So Barvas is the pinnacle. <laughs> uh, Barvas has seen revivals, uh, 1949. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows about that, has read about it. But uh, Barvis needs another revival. It needs the Lord to work. I'd love to see more people coming. It's been encouraging the last while. Uh, we've renovated the church and there's new folks coming after lockdown. So it's going well. Uh, we're just encouraged. We want to see more, though. We're always passionate for more. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Amen, brother. Last, but certainly not least, Pete Turnbull. Pete,
1: tell us about the ministry in Burghhead.
4: So we've been involved in what you'd call, a, I suppose, a work of church revitalization over eight years now um, in Burghhead. It has been good to see um, faithful Christians serving, evangelism happening, uh, some people coming to faith, many others coming back to church. The big thing for us in the near future is that uh, we've just been uh, linked with our friends and neighbors uh, in Elgin and Forrest Free Church, um, and uh, I suppose two things I'd say about that. The first is that, um, that there are ongoing works of, of church revitalization, as well as church planting across our denomination, and both are really, uh, really needed. And uh, the second thing is one thing we've been talking about at the General Assembly, which is the, the help of um, outside partners from different places. So we've got representatives here from uh, the, the PCA, Presbyterian Church in America, and uh, we've just been pleased to welcome a couple of workers who've come to us funded from the States. Uh, to be a part of that that revitalization and planting work uh, in in Murray so that's great partnership and um, we're excited about what it'll bring in the future.
0: So yeah Pete you mentioned the General Assembly which is what we're here for this week Um, so I want to just chat a wee bit about that we're back in Edinburgh is uh, is anybody here for the first time anybody here in the Assembly Hall for the first time Ewan Dodds Peter Turnbull So
10: Ewan how's it been? The presenting has been amazing
0: <laughs>
10: it's, it's been very encouraging very warm um lots to give thanks for
0: presenting i need to explain what that is so presenting we at the general assembly we sing psalms frequently uh and these are sung unaccompanied uh and we have we have a world-renowned presenter leading us uh he is uh famous for his tractor renovations and his presenting, <laughs> Lackey has done a marvellous job uh, presenting for us. Did you know that in the 19th century, that
1: the celebrities that were walking down the streets of Scotland were the presenters in the churches, and they were the hu- they were often more paid than the minister? Well, Lackey, no, I think that's we should. Bre- the
0: case <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an amendment for you for this <laughs> afternoon. Peter, this is your first time in person as well.
4: How are you finding it? Very good. I did come on Zoom uh, two or three years ago. This is much better. Um, all that you get, not just from the formal business, but from informal conversation is, is valuable. And I think you know, many of us are serving in, in contexts where sometimes we can feel alone. So actually to have uh, the fellowship of uh, brothers in Christ is, is valuable and refreshing. Fantastic.
0: As part of the General Assembly we get reports from our boards and committees, they come back with reports, there's an opportunity for members of the Assembly to ask questions and to make speeches. Uh, some people come and they just keep really quiet, I, I do that myself, I come, I don't really say much, uh,
8: but we do have a gentleman here who's never shy to talk. Oh. Benj, tell us about your involvement in the General Assembly. <laughs> uh, thank you Thomas, I, you did have an amendment of your own this year Thomas, <laughs> just to point
0: that out. Well I should say my son's keeping tall of who speaks the most and uh, i'm actually in the lead so you've got to catch up with me this afternoon
8: (laughs) Uh, do you know the thing about the general assembly is that this is the end of the line this is where the decisions are finalized and so if we don't get it right now then we cause problems for ourselves down the line so when we're talking about how do we license students for the ministry uh, of preaching uh, the word of god well it really matters how we do that Uh, and it matters that we think through What happens if the process doesn't go the way we hoped it would? Uh, How do we respond to that? Uh, And so bringing amendments uh, and polishing things up and tightening uh, helps us as a church. Um, So we need to come together and make sure we're doing things the best possible way.
0: Absolutely. Very true, very true. Colin, you've been coming for eight or nine decades. Uh, Tell us how... How's, how's it been for you coming this year? Where do you feel things are, are looking for the church? What's your reflections looking on where we are just now compared maybe with previous years?
7: Yeah, I, I think it's been really, really positive. Um, there's, there's a lot of talk generally about decline. Um, and whilst we're not uh, we haven't escaped that, there's actually we're on the up and up. Big emphasis on looking forward, planting churches, revitalization, Positivity, and I'm really encouraged, really encouraged. Big emphasis on rural ministry, which a number of us in in the room today are really encouraged to to be hearing. Because, of course, you know, city centres, there's centres of population, but there are folks, millions of folks in the rural con- context and we need to reach them as well. So um, there's a big move I think towards making sure we don't forget that. So it's, I've been really encouraged actually,
0: very encouraged. Yeah, indeed. very too, very too. I think what you said there is so important that you know one of the key things about the General Assembly is that it connects people because we are quite geographically spread. I've often said to listeners, I live in the middle of nowhere. Murdo lives off the edge of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> How is it for you to come and connect with other guys uh, at the General Assembly?
3: Uh, I love it. I love meeting up with the, all the other guys. I mean, you don't really see them. You might see them once every three years. I mean, I haven't seen Colin. I mean, he has aged since I last saw him. <laughs> but I mean, and Ferrier is just getting younger every day. But uh, So it is. I love the fellowship. I love meeting the new guys as well, because there's all these church planters that have come in. and It's so nice meeting them and getting to know them.
2: Murdo says that we never see each other, but every time I'm on the A835, the, ro- the road between Inverness and Alipul, I pass Murdo Campbell.
1: Lackey, you are about to begin a new role in the General Assembly. Do you want to tell our listeners about that?
2: Yeah, ham salad roll is my favourite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I have been uh, nominated to take over the position of Assistant Clerk to the Assembly, so. In the absence of no one else, uh, I have given permission that my name might go forward for that. So, I believe that's on the agenda for this a- this afternoon. So it may go through, but of course, it may
1: not. Someone should propose an amendment. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh, you've been at a number of General Assemblies. What's your feeling on the future of the Free Church? Are you excited? Optimistic? I'm delighted. You know, it's just so
5: there's we've got a, an office bearer in our congregation, Don who I'm sure many of us know. And he speaks about energy in a room. and there's so much energy in the in the room at this assembly, people talking about church plans, church revitalization, and all that's centered on this healthy gospel vision. I think it's great. And I like what Myrtle said. I love seeing all these guys connecting with different guys studied for 3 years with Rory some every day of the week and now we don't see each other apart from maybe once a year so it's so good just reconnecting reconnecting with my old minister Colin there and avoiding him like the plague if I can <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's one of the things that the general assembly really highlights the fact that you know we're not just here as colleagues we're not just here as fellow ministers we're actually here as friends and that's one of the the massive uh, massive benefits about um about being part of the the part of the church family and one of the things that we've we've really loved is being able to welcome people who've maybe come from different church backgrounds, uh, served in other places but have come and been integrated uh, in the Free Church uh, of Scotland. We've got a couple of guys in here for whom that was your story, we'd love to hear a wee bit about that. Peter.
4: Yeah so born in uh, Newcastle, so standing next to Alan Shearer is great. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah I grew up in an Anglican uh, church and, and indeed served and worked in, in two Anglican congregations uh, I have a Scottish wife, we, we felt a call to come to Scotland. Um, and particularly to Murray, actually, in northeast Scotland, where my wife is from and where we now live. Um, and um, although I was not ordained in the Church of England, so not involved in all of the huge and difficult disputes, um, you know, you're very much aware of all of that. Um, so I have to say, to the surprise of some people, the first time I walked into a Free Church Presbytery meeting, uh, it was b- both a great relief and a great joy, actually maybe not everyone says that about every presbytery <laughs> meeting to, to be with um like-minded brothers on the same page about the authority of scripture um you know the uniqueness of Christ and and all these other things so um i, I love being here and despite my dodgy accent I wouldn't go anywhere else. <laughs>
0: fantastic, fantastic. Ewan, you, you left a medical career uh, to pursue ministry and it's taken you all the way to Kilmally and Merkin. tell us a wee bit about that.
10: Yeah, so I, was, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, was converted in an Anglican church, first preached in a Brethren Assembly <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and here we are now. Wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I was, uh, as a doctor you, you get to spend time with people and, and, and it's great to connect about their spiritual well-being. And as I went on, I realised working as a doctor, you wouldn't have much time to do that and you wouldn't have much professional freedom. And so, um, in God's kindness, the opportunity arose to to work full-time in a church in Glasgow.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I'd love to come back to Rory a wee bit as well. You've uh, you've come from from far away to, to serve with us here in Scotland come from
6: South Africa born and bred in South Africa um, my first experience of church was um, yeah just at, at boarding school Anglican um, but um, yeah it really meant uh, nothing for me at the time it was really in Scotland that I I met the Lord and grew spiritually and it's it's in Scotland that he's that he's used me. Um, so yeah, I'm now in yeah, up north in the highlands. Who would have funked?
0: Yeah, amazing. Amazing, brilliant. Um the podcast, as you know, is called Jesus Today and, and we always wanna make sure that in our focus we keep coming back to Jesus. And for all the guys in here, our job is to you know to point other people towards Jesus but but we can only do that from the position of looking to Jesus ourselves so i just want to ask some of you guys you know for your own life as a follower of Jesus just how important is it for you just to keep looking to him uh, every day
8: well as you've said thomas it it is absolutely vital and i think that was brought home to me i was at a conference over in america a couple of weeks ago uh, and the guy was talking about spiritual pride um and i was sat there listening to him thinking how can i help uh, the folks in my congregation to understand the dangers of spiritual pride uh, and how we avoid that and he came to the second sign of spiritual pride uh, which is that you hear the words of god for others and not for yourself and my heart sank uh, and he finished that session speaking of god's grace uh, to those of us uh, who are so in need of it uh, as we respond to our pride and come again to the cross of jesus
7: brilliant so so through colin well you know paul says colossians uh set your mind on things that are above where christ is seated at the right hand of God and every day I try to make that my focus. That if I if the Lord should take me away, I do not doubt that He will take me home. I do not lack that assurance at all because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But it's I want to be faithful to Him. So I want to be found doing what He wants me to do. And so that if it's today or And I'm not that old, by the way, Thomas, you know, whether it's today or, you know, uh, 10 years or, but I will be be ready to go. And so just every day, fixing my eyes on him. Amazing. Amazing.
9: Alan? It's so vitally important to keep that personal relationship with the Lord because, especially as a minister, you're studying the Word all the time, but it's so easy to think I'm preparing sermons for others and it doesn't hit you first. And if your own relationship with Jesus has not been refreshed every day, you fall into that professionalism, you fall into that emptiness, really. And, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if you lose that joy, you lose the strength of service. And it's the strength in him. You know, we can try and be strong in ourselves. We can try and do all things, be all things to all people. And we just burn out. We tire ourselves out. We lose our joy. And it's about constantly reminding ourselves that through our weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. And coming back to that day and daily and... Only he can give the blessing in preaching. Only he can give the blessing in pastoral work. Only he can give the blessing in every respect. So we need that in
1: every aspect. Well, just as we've been thinking about um, how we follow Jesus, and at the heart of this podcast uh, is following Jesus today, just the other day we learned the sad news of the passing of someone we all loved in this room, uh, Professor Donald MacLeod, Um arguably the greatest theologian that Scotland has ever produced, in the, at least in, in our lifetime. And we are immensely thankful to God uh, for his life, his ministry and his legacy. Um, he is a professor that helped all of us love Jesus more and opened up the glories of the person and work of Christ. So I think it'd be great for our listeners just to hear some testimony from, from some of us regarding Donald. Uh, I'll start with Hugh. Hugh, you were a student under Donald, you got to sit under uh, ST1 and 2 and ecclesiology and other subjects. Tell us your memories and just what he meant to you.
5: Well, he could be very intimidating. <laughs> uh, I remember there was a stage we went w- through the college wearing hoodies, and he did not like us wearing hoodies. I don't know if you remember that, Rory, and he tried to encourage us gently but forcefully about, you know, just to smarten up our appearances, students for the ministry. But there's a phrase, uh, I read someone last week speaking about Tim Keller's passing and how the person said with Tim Keller was like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. The Hobbits never really appreciated Gandalf. They thought he was just a kind of magician or conjurer who came to their area. Maybe that was how we were with Don McLeod too. There was so much that we had from him in the college and we maybe didn't, well I don't know if I appreciated it all at the time. Things which, he, you know, his whole theology of the atonement, and I come back to that book that he wrote, Christ Crucified, again and again Anytime I preach on the cross. His teaching on sanctification and very heavily influenced maybe by John Murray, definitive and progressive. We always think of sanctification as simply progressive, but also the definitive. You are once for all set apart, sanctified in Christ. And wow, it was just such a rich experience, but very intimidating when you were sitting in his presence and he was flying through that Greek New Testament. And, well, I didn't have much Greek, I'd log in <laughs> accordance on the laptop, but, but that was it. So, yeah, very privileged to be able to say that I'm a former student of Donald MacLeod's systematic theology classes.
1: Lucky.
2: Yeah, we had the privilege of sitting under Donald MacLeod in the college, and it really was a privilege. I mean, his, his mind was phenomenal, and as you've already alluded to, he leaves behind really a, a legacy, a library of blessing for uh, further down the line. He was eloquent, he was erudite, uh, he, he had a richness of thought and mind. My lasting memory, I suppose, is when he would come into ST1. There would be no frivolity, No, <clears throat> he was just straight into the meat of it, and he, it's almost like he was just keen to really get into the stuff of meaning. Um, but reading from a Dennis the Menace ringbinder, which was,
3: <laughs> 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 oh, I <it seemed laughs>
2: totally incongruous, but yeah. Donald MacLeod, the theologian, with Dennis the Menace holding his notes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alan, you did a top Masters under Donald MacLeod. What's your abiding memories of him? Well, I did one-to-one with Donald
9: MacLeod over it. It was fantastic, you know, just one-to-one asking all these amazing questions about Scottish church history and Scottish church theology. And again, just his ability and his memory must have been phenomenal because we're looking at somebody with John Owen, and of course you've got the two different sets of John Owen's works. And he said, I prefer this set, so that's in volume, say, it's 12, and it's page this but if you prefer the other set is in volume X and it's in page this and he says it's halfway down the page, middle like he could tell me exactly what it was visually and you're like, that's amazing to or oh, two volumes, not just the one. Um, but, you know, just the the richness. You know, we've lost our real mind there in regard to Scottish church history and theology. And I think he was very passionate about recovering some of these doctrines that we've lost today, I think, in our Scottish particularly ecclesiology. Mm. And I think he's passionately defended them, and I think you know we're lost some there and trem- we've back to that and refreshing our knowledge of that maybe that's his abiding legacy is to go back and address some of these things historically as well for our benefit today
1: murdo thomas uh myself and you we all sat under him uh homiletics and liturgy mm-hmm. do you remember we had to write, write a sermon for him mm-hmm. <laughs> no <laughs> i like
3: to forget that these things
1: <laughs> no i can um but we had the privilege of sitting under him, uh, homiletics, liturgy, ecclesiology, so many other subjects that he, he taught us. What are your, some of your memories of Professor MacLeod?
3: When I think of uh, Professor Donald MacLeod, I always think of him, I mean, I mean definitely a, an amazing preacher, a wonderful theologian, but he was also a pastor mm-hmm. and he began life as a pastor. I mean, he was Ewan Dodds' uh, predecessor. And, you know, he had such a pastoral heart, even to the students. Like I'll never forget meeting him at the photocopier one day and he just stopped. I mean, it was Donald Macleod. You, <laughs> d- you didn't really talk to him in the hallway. And he stopped and he said, oh, how's Alison doing? How are the boys? How are you getting on? And he, he had such a pastoral heart. So he was such a, a lovely man to get to know. The, the first time I was in college though, um, I mean, I was straight off the croft. So I mean, my education was pretty poor. I mean, I didn't like school and going through college was a was a challenge. But anyway, he had this first lecture and he, obviously he preached to the clock. He always preached to the clock. And uh, so he he would stop and ask any questions. So I put my hand up. And Innes, do you remember this? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm going to say? I just said, what does the word salient mean? (laughs) I didn't know. and I think that was the the only time he really wanted to laugh but just (laughs) kept it in. But what was so funny was that uh, on Our last year, leaving college, he was lecturing away and full flow, looking at the clock. And then he looked at me and he said, this is a salient point. (laughs) (laughs) And then carried on. So he was a gifted guy. Loved it.
2: Talking about when you you were asked to to write a sermon. So I remember we were in the Senate room, round the table, asked to prepare a sermon, went away, came back, handed our sermons in. And his first point was... There is one passage in Scripture that I just I, I just cannot preach. I don't preach, and it's John three sixteen. <laughs> what was the passage that I had chosen to write a sermon on? John three sixteen.
0: Uh, I remember that t- that task as well. I gave him my best sermon that I'd ever written came back and I got a C and the comment said, it's a bit wooden. (laughs) So that was a
7: humbling experience. Colin, give us some of your reflections. Well, you know, in my day, so I was going through the college quite a number of years ago. Had he been inducted by then, yeah? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Donald would uh, teach systematics and church history. Wow. Now here's one for you, uh, Thomas. I have never been in a lecture uh, I'd never been in a church history lecture where I have been moved to tears. Mm. And I was moved to tears because Don Macleod was moved to tears. In, and it was around the disruption and the 10 years up to and all the events around it. And it really was something. It was amazing. Yeah. And all of us, because as every, the brothers today have said, we have all these funny stories with a Dennis the Menace folder <laughs> and this profundity in teaching. And then he just gets into this mode or this zone and he starts crying. Yeah. And we were all the whole class was just still. And you know, sometimes you don't know whether you're in systematics, you don't know whether you're in church history, you don't know whether you're in practical theology or New Testament, because he could do it all. He could do it all. But my greatest um, memory is that he gave me an A plus from my dissertation <laughs> in the Marrow of Modern Divinity. So there you go. Look at that. Even Donald Macleod makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Roddy. Yeah.
6: yeah um, j- just a great, uh, a really great privilege being, uh, being under Donald, Donald MacLeod. I think, and a lot of people have, have said to me and said about him, he made the really complex things simple and he brought them across. Uh, one of my abiding memories has been at the assembly actually, and, um, and he spoke on John Kelvin. And for half an hour, you could hear a pin drop. Um, while everyone just uh, sat there and listened to, and he didn't have any notes. He he just spoke on John Calvin. Uh, it was amazing.
0: It's amazing,
1: amazing. Andy, give me some of your thoughts. When I think of Donald, um, truly, I, I can remember uh, with Alan and Trevor and other colleagues, Suraj. We we got a set in systematics class, and it was just the four of us. And um, I remember when he started to unpack Christology. And it was like a light bulb went on Mm. to understanding who Jesus was. You'd sit in his class and it wasn't just a lecture, it was worship Mm. because he lifted you and your your mind to to heaven's heights and and the glory of Christ. Three things stand out about Donald Clyde to me is his prayers. Uh, If you go back and I've still got so many of the recordings of his lectures, his prayers at the beginning of a class are truly profound. You know, he never prayed the same prayer twice. Uh, It was always fresh. It was like he'd just come from the the throne room itself. The second thing I remember was he was a pastor. Um, Like Murdo said when he would stand at the photocopier, I remember I was going through a really difficult period, and he sent me an email, and uh, he, he quoted a verse of scripture. He told me he was praying, and it was one of the most pastoral emails I ever received. And then the the third and final thing was he truly was one of the most profound theologians uh, we've ever seen because he could not just um, open up the wonder of who God is, what God has done. He was someone who was deeply shaped by, uh, if I can use a a big term, um, epistemological humility. That is to say, he he understood that God was far beyond our fathom, fathoming. And he bowed in the presence of the infinite one. The first thing we need to know about preaching God, studying God, is there is mystery. And Donald uh, always took us to to, to the limits of our mind, but he bowed in reverence to who God was. So I'll never forget just how profound a theologian he was and so thankful to God for him. But Thomas, you're his last student. You just completed a a PhD and you're now uh, Dr. Thomas Davis. I don't know if our listeners know that yet. Donald Macleod was your supervisor. Yeah. What are your abiding memories of Donald?
0: Yeah, I mean, being under his supervision was just such a massive privilege, and a bit like some of the guys uh, here, you'd get the opportunity where you'd, uh, he'd actually invite me to his house, and you'd go to his house, which was just such a wonderful place to go, and you'd be sitting in his in his living room upstairs, which is was just a beautiful room. My studies were on William Cunningham, who was actually Donald MacLeod's favorite theologian. And so he was just in his element talking about the the Disruption Fathers, William Cunningham, and all the the rich theology and ecclesiology attached to all that. But the amazing thing about Donald was just the effort that he would make. Um, As listeners know, I do live in the middle of nowhere. On two or three occasions, he came to my house to see me. He would come to ask how I was getting on um, and he would always comment on my wife's scones which she made for him once uh, and which were, were wonderful. Um, one of the things that stood out to me, just thinking about uh, back to when we were in his lectures, you, know, you were talking about that epistemological humility, that whole emphasis of how we approach God, how we know and understand things. And he was talking along those lines one day and he was speaking about the fact that everybody has prejudices and he was talking about that in the in relation to the world and saying you know everybody's got their prejudices that is going to shape uh everything that they do and all the ways in which they think and then he said this he said i have a prejudice my prejudice is that jesus christ is god and i was like wow and that that was his starting point and i've as one of the many things that donald macleod said that I've never forgotten and and I can honestly say like that like that statement that he made has been proved by his life a life serving Jesus and teaching and unpacking what an incredible savior we have
1: We are sponsored by Christian Focus uh, Publications, and as we draw this uh, podcast to a close, I'm going to do a quick fire around the room to get each guy to tell us uh, a book that they have read, published by Christian Focus, that's helped them to love and follow Jesus, or preach Jesus today. So I'll start uh, with Lackey on my left.
2: Well, we'll throw in A Faith to Live By, there by Donald MacLeod, inevitably. I am maybe one that's slightly less weighty, but... Very practically helpful by Colin C. Smith, Jonah, and how to navigate a God-centered life. That's an excellent wee book.
1: You recommended that
3: to me, Lachie, and it was excellent. Yeah. I thought you were going to steal mine. I don't do that.
2: I was, uh, It's
3: the only one I know. I was going to. I, I was going to say, "Don't send that tractor to Lachie." <laughs> yeah. So the book, uh, the Christian-focused book, was "Heaven: How I Got Here." Mm-hmm. It's a small book uh, written from the perspective by Colin Smith from the perspective of the thief on the cross and we give it out in the congregation and it's been so encouraging and if you've never read it read it and pass it on it's a brilliant read
9: alan and um, definitely be the reprint of charles haddon spurgeon's come ye children a fantastic book on his children's addresses and his lectures to sunday school teachers about how to instruct children and there's very valuable insights not just for teaching children but for preaching the simplicity and yet the profundity of the message that we preach and I would hardly recommend that to anyone. Come ye children. Pete?
4: There's a whole series of books called Teaching Something. So Teaching Exodus, Teaching, at the minute, I'm preaching through Second Timothy. There's a, a book on Teaching Second Timothy. They're from the Proc Trust, but I think published by uh, Christian Focus. I, I have not found any, uh, any greater or better help um, in a relatively small book in terms of good exegesis and application in preaching.
0: Fantastic.
5: Hugh. I was going to say anything by Dale Ralph Davis. He's <laughs> yeah, just really, the, yeah. the the best expositor. But then I thought, no, Ray Ortland's Supernatural Living for Natural People. And it's basically an exposition of Romans 8. And the thing with Ray Ortland is, uh, Andy's laughing because he's just like giving you a big hug, a big cuddle <laughs> as, he, as he's writing. And it's a case of he's just hugging you and drawing you into the
6: embrace of Jesus. Mm. And I love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Roddy? Unity and Diversity by Sandy Finlayson. I read it some time ago, but a fantastic book on the founders of the free church and giving me as an outsider an insight into the free church and what what it stood for, so yeah, great book.
7: Fantastic. Thank you. Colin? My choice is a holy minister by uh, Jordan Stone, The Life and Spiritual Legacy of McChain. So I did a review for this, on this, for the the, uh, record quite a while ago, and it is so profound. That Robert Murray McChain, what a man, and his focus was in Christ, always Christ.
8: Fantastic. Thank you. Benj? Uh, I am enormously relieved that Hugh didn't say anything by Dale Ralph Davis, (laughs) so I can. Uh, Specifically, uh, Dale Ralph Davis is an Old Testament scholar, but he uh, relatively recently wrote a commentary on Luke uh, that I found incredibly helpful, uh, bringing the depths of his Old Testament study uh, into an understanding of Luke. Uh, And alongside that, um, I think it's called The Word Became Fresh, uh, a book on preaching Old Testament narrative that I found incredibly helpful as
0: well. To you, Dale was this outstanding.
8: Well, I'm going to recommend the book that was
10: given to the Lord High Commissioner, which is um, Tom Lenny's written three books on revival in Scotland. And the, the latest one, I think, is Land of Many Revivals, where he covers all the revivals since the Reformation all the way up, I believe, to Barva. And um, it's, you know, you can, you can just look for a place in the index and then you turn to that page there might be a map but he tells you what God has done in dramatic ways in that place and uh, it gives you hope that we might see more in the years to come as well Absolutely fantastic
0: Well guys it's been a massive massive privilege to have you with us today we really appreciate uh, your time but we also just really appreciate your ministries and your friendship and we want to wish you uh, just the the richest blessing of our saviour as you continue to serve him in your own communities
1: well thank you for listening to jesus today podcast and we will be dropping into your podcast feed in two weeks time where thomas and i will be discussing a topic uh, that it will help us think about following jesus today until then have a great day